0: My name is Dr. Austin Tay, and you are listening to Psych Chat. Hi there, welcome to episode 32 of Psych Chat. Today, I will be introducing a new series on productivity at work. To kickstart today's episode, the focus will be on effective communication. In everyday work, we use written communication, such as emails, to convey a message, instruct others, ask for information, and summarize meetings or discussions. There is, of course, another form of communication, verbal communication. Regardless of how you communicate at work, I would like to suggest that you bear in mind the following points. Number one, intention. That is, what is the purpose of the communication? What do you hope to achieve? Number two, language. Is your language used instructional or as a form of inquiry? Number three, Your tone. What is the tone that you use when you communicate? Condescending or accusatory? Number four, active listening. Number five, clarification. And number six, agreement. Often, we communicate with a prescribed outcome. But such a method might not be the best. I have worked with many leaders and most of the time, they believe in their communication approach. For example, in a conversation in which a leader is trying to find out what went wrong in a project, the starting sentence will be something like this. What went wrong? There is nothing wrong with this question. If the leader intends to find the mistake and ensure that the team does not repeat the same error, what well, this form of questioning serves the purpose of finding out the reasons or causes for the mistake? Does it help the team to be careful and mindful not to make mistakes again? In reality, what is likely to happen is that despite constant reminders not to repeat the same mistakes, a leader will still feel frustrated because the same mistakes will continue to occur. So what can be done? So let's now look at the first point, intention. So, in the earlier example of a leadership trying to find the reason for the mistake, where the intention is somewhat clear, it is essential to think about one, the aim. What is the purpose of the communication? Whom am I communicating with? What am I trying to convey and achieve? What do I expect? the recipient of your information to do. With all this in mind, this is where the focus will be on how the message will be crafted. 2. Composing the message. Before composing the message, a few questions need to be asked. What is the best way to communicate this message? What type of language should I use? Does the audience have any background information on the topic I would talk about? Would the audience need additional resources to understand my message? Should I use emotions in my message? What should I do with assumptions from my audience? Number three. Delivering the message. Is this the right time to deliver the message? How about how receptive is the audience? That is their state of mind, their workload, or do they have any other distractions as you are trying to deliver the message? Number four. Receiving feedback. When we allow time and have a format to get the feedback from your audience, it will be very helpful for you. You must also consider whether the feedback aligns with your own expectation of delivering the message. You can also get the feedback indirectly through Studying of your audience's body language. Once you have your feedback, number five is where we start to analyze the information that you receive from the feedback. And what does the feedback you receive tell you about your message? What could you have done differently? And what do you need? to move forward. After analyzing the information that you get from your feedback, we need to look at how to improve. And that is now number six point. Would you change your message or behavior if the feedback you receive is valid? How would you look for resources to help you to improve in the way you deliver your message. We have now covered point one, intention of communication. Next, we will talk about language. So is your language that you use in your communication instructional or is a form of inquiry? It is important to note that when we set up to communicate with others, our language can determine the kind of response we expect or do not expect. For example, when the communication is one-sided and what you convey is instructional. Have a think. How often have you told your audience what they need to do or that what they have said Is incorrect you might start with your sentence like this I think you should be and something like this to solve the problem my recommendations are now if the above sentences sound familiar to you you have just created an instructional way of communication This is not helpful because you have just shut down your conversational partner. While in your mind you might have helped in solving an issue or have averted a potential disaster, the second thing you have created is compliance and dependency. That is, your conversational partner will no longer be interested in voicing or sharing their viewpoints. Because they know that they are not listened to and that should they encounter any problems, they just come to you for a solution. On the other hand, when you use an inquiry method of communication, you will engage your conversation partner. That is, your conversational partner will be allowed to say something Formulating your questions is essential to ensure you receive the correct information per your intention. For example, using sentences such as, Walk me through your process. What might happen if we do not follow through the process? What other options have you considered? Or, how would you ensure the implementation will go smoothly? All these sentences are meant to engage and allow you to understand how the conversational partner thinks and analyzes. With this knowledge, you can further probe or be assured that the person will be on the right track to implement their process. In addition, these insights can help to identify areas that the individual still needs improvement and that, They can be examples that can be used for their performance review. Next, we will talk about the third point, tone. It is common for us not to realise how we sound when communicating. What we think is fine might not necessarily be the case for the person receiving your message. To others, we can sound condescending, accusatory, or monotone. How we intonate and emphasize can be helpful to present our points. Sometimes, they can be perceived as otherwise, and this will not help us to realize our communication intention. So what can we do then? Use a non-judgmental tone when communicating. This can be as simple as being clear and assertive, but not erupt and curt. Prepare yourself for the communication. Please write down the main points you would like to convey. At this point, I'm going to say it is okay even to have a cheat sheet. Now, when we use an appropriate tone for the message, we will also ensure that the communication becomes open allowing your conversational partner to be engaged the next point is active listening as mentioned communication is between you as the communicator and your conversational partner listening actively can help you to understand whether your message is being received clearly Now, when you show others that you listen actively, you also show them that their response, opinions, and views matter, even when they might not necessarily be what you want to hear or align with your perspectives. To me, entering into a conversation is best done with no preconceived ideas. Instead, use this opportunity to understand how others think and process information. This is helpful, especially when you're looking at how to influence or convince them. Next, we will look at clarification. When we're in a hurry to convey our message to others and assume others have understood what we said, it's not helpful in effective communication. It is always good to pause and check in with them. A simple sentence such as, I'm going to pause here at the moment. Is there any part of what I said that you would like me to clarify? Such a question is an excellent way to engage as it does not limit the respondent to a yes or no answer. Instead, it allows them to pinpoint any part of your message to seek clarification. Now, what if there is no response? In such an instant, I will always use the last information shared to inquire about the audience's understanding. For example, I will say, I've just shared about the process to implement the program. What is your understanding of the process? Or what is the key takeaway of the message? This type of questioning allows you to identify the understanding and is a great way to determine what you need to clarify without making others feel compelled. And the last point for effective communication is agreement. Going back to your intention of why you communicate, this is the part that you and your conversational partner agree on how to move forward. For example, you require the other person to commit to something in your communication. Then you want them to end the communication with an agreement, such as a goal, a commitment, and a timeline. Now here, clarity is important. That is... Who will be accountable? Never assume that responsibility and accountability are taken. Agree verbally and follow up with a written communication of the commitment. So, to effectively communicate with others, we need to look at intention. That is, what is the purpose of the communication? What do you hope to achieve? We also need to look at language. Are they instructional or are they a form of inquiry? The tone used in communication. We need to actively listen, seek clarification, and lastly, agreement. I hope you have enjoyed this episode of Site Chat. If you have any comments or suggestions, please send them to sitechat at omnisite.com or tweet to site underscore chat. Thank you for listening. You have been listening to Site Chat. This podcast is brought to you by OmniSci Consulting. We are a team of psychologists with a wealth of experience in working with individuals, teams and organisations in the areas of coaching, executive selection, assessment and development, career transitioning and workplace intervention. OmniSci Consulting exists to solve the critical issues facing our clients, both large and small. Our approach is to tailor-make each service to meet the requirements of our clients. Our broad range of services and solutions help individuals and organisations to facilitate change, achieve their vision and optimise performance and productivity. For more information about our services, do check us out at www.omnisci.com.